Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. This uh, weekend uh, in the sports world, okay, you're celebrating big wins, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not. Uh, I think we won one quarter, so I guess we can celebrate that. <laughs> but anyway, I love playing sports. I love playing sports, and uh, and what I loved most about playing was uh, was being in the starting lineup. Come on, amen. In basketball, which I played a lot of, uh, you know, there's only five guys, and so uh, five gals. There's five on the team. You've got to be, to be at the starting lineup, you've got to work hard, you've got to, you know, make, be committed, you've got to do endless running, drills, be in shape, discipline, go hard, eat well, you know, leave it all on the court and, uh, and be ready to keep practicing. That was key to staying on the top for me. Anyway, and it was not painless. There was a lot of pain involved, right? It took discipline, it took commitment, it took hard work to be basketball fit. And uh, it's the same for any kind of fitness that you want to have in your life. If you want to be fit health, uh, health-wise, healthy, uh, it takes discipline, commitment, and hard work. And it just does, you can't do it without it. Uh, and, and the same, is with our financial fitness. And that's important also. And to be fit financially, um, it, it, uh, it takes hard work. It takes discipline. And we're going to start a two-week series here uh, and talk about financial fitness. Now, I don't want you to get weird on me because, I, I, you know, the saying goes in church, when you, when you talk about money, people get funny, okay? Uh, I don't want you to get weird on me. Don't think, I, you know, this is not anything. The only reason I'm doing this is because I truly believe that God wants to bless his people. That God has a plan in his word for us to have financial fitness and to be blessed in our, in our life. And, uh, and, and I don't know about you, but I know people and I have friends that have lived their life in a state of perpetual anxiety when it comes to their finances. Do you know anybody like that? Finances just put a lot of pressure on people. They put pre- it puts pressure on marriages and financial stresses all around us. And so the reason I think people feel financial pressure and financial stress is because they don't know and understand the laws of financial, God's laws of financial fitness. And so that's what I want to talk about. And, it, and it's a good time to talk about it because, you know, we're coming into the Thanksgiving week and everybody's going to, you know, eat way too much. But they're also, you know, it's, it's the week that kicks off the, the spending spree, right, for, uh, for the Christmas spending spree. And so you got Black Friday coming up, right? And uh, it is the most craziest spending time of the year. And so, folks, I, I want, you know, I want to give you some wisdom here so we can, you can just come out on top. Amen? 
How many of you know that there are laws that govern our universe, right? There are physical laws, and, and they don't change. I'm glad they don't change. It's like gravity, right? The law of gravity, right? The, the law of gravity doesn't change on Thursday. Okay, it's, it's going to be good every day of the week except Thursday. No, you know, and I got some good lead boots for sale if you'd like them. Okay, no, it's, it, they don't change. I'm happy about that. And, and, uh, it, it, and it, they affect us. There's, there's laws that have consequences if we break them, right? Uh, think of, you know, the, the, uh, there's laws of health that, that govern how healthy we are, right? Uh, if you, you want to be healthy, you got to keep moving. There's exercise and you can't be, be uh, static. You got to move and you've got to, you know, eat superfoods, uh, fruits and vegetables and, and nuts and Make those the part, a big part of your diet. That, those are keys to staying healthy, amen? And so there's laws regarding that. There are relational laws that govern our relationships. You know, and you have to walk in love and walk in forgiveness. Come on, how many know if you're gonna be in a relationship, you're gonna have to walk in love and walk in, in forgiveness. Those just come with it, amen? They govern it. There, there are, there, you know, there's financial laws also that, that govern successful management of our money. Do you know that Jesus talked more about money than he did about heaven or hell? He talked more about money than he did about prayer. So if Jesus talked about it, we ought to talk about it. Come on, say amen. So I want to talk to you today about, today about God's laws for financial fitness. And because uh, I want to get you into the, as your pastor, I want to get you into the, the financial fitness that God has for you. And if you'll put to work these six divine laws that I'm gonna share with you, if you'll put them to work in your life, they will bring you into a place of blessing and a place of prosperity, I guarantee it. You'll build a strong financial foundation that will ultimately lead to great financial success. And so that's so important. We're gonna work out a little bit, amen? You gotta work out to get, in, to get fit. So let's start out with the number one thing. The first law of our, for financial fitness is simply this. We have to remember that God is my source. Now, I had them in your notes, and I know you've got notes, and it looks, it's, there's a lot of stuff in there. But I had them write out all the scriptures on, the, on your notes so that you could have it right with you. So you'd have a template, something that you could return to over and over and over again. And so that those, this thing should stay with you. It should get ruffled edges. It get, should get shaggy. You should teach this to your children and your grandchildren because these are important principles and they're divine laws. Remember that God is my source and that's the law of ownership. That's what this is. It's about knowing that your salary is not your source, that your security cannot be found in a savings account, a retirement account, an IRA, investments, or your land. Your source of all things is from God, is God. He is the source. Everything we have, we've been given to him by God. He is the author of everything, and he blesses us with it and loans us to us, loans it to us to use for 80 years, maybe more, if we got good genes and keep a happy heart. Come on, amen. And it came from God. Everything came from God. Everything's going to return from God. You and I, we came from God. We're going to return to God. And 
That's a principle that so many people forget. But look at what Deuteronomy 8.18 says. It says, always remember, come on, say it. Always remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. That's fantastic. Because not only is he the source of all that we have, he is the one who gives you and I the ability to produce wealth. Now see, if God was gonna drop money onto our lives, just, you know, out of heaven, little parachutes, like the Hunger Games, right? It parachutes into you, the, the little, the, the stuff, everything you need for the moment, or you open your mailbox and there's a brick of gold in there whenever you needed it, right? If, if God, he wouldn't have given you the ability to gain wealth, but the Bible says he's given you the ability to produce wealth. Because folks, in every economy, in every place in the world, there are makers and there are takers. And God wants his kids to be the makers, the ones that produce wealth, the ones that create jobs, that create businesses, that put others to work. Come on, amen? That, that make things happen. Because let me tell you again, everything we have that we think we own is actually on loan. And we can never forget that. And we should be thankful for that as we remember. Amen? Romans eleven thirty six. look what it says. It says, everything comes from God. This is the word of God. Everything comes from God. Everything exists by his power and everything is intended for his glory. So that's the first law, the law of ownership. Remember that it all comes from God. Here's the second principle of financial fitness. It's simply honor God first. Honor God first. And this is the law of tithing. And let me give you, quickly give you four things about tithing that I think is important to remember. I'm gonna, I wanted to give you the promise, the, the purpose, the, the place, and the plan uh, for tithing, okay? The purpose is wrapped, or the promise is wrapped up in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. It says, honor the Lord by giving him what you have left over. And, and he will fill, no, <laughs> honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income and he will fill your barns to overflow. I mean, why does God want to put you to put him first so that he can give to you the overflow and bless you with the overflow with more than enough? But that doesn't happen unless you obey and honor God first. Let me ask you a question. How many of you married couples want God to bless your marriage? If you want God to bless your marriage, you know that you need to put God first in your marriage. Come on, say amen. If you want God to bless your business, you want to put God first in your business. Come on, amen. If you want God to bless your career, then you, then you, uh, then you want to put God first in your career, amen? If you want God to bless your time, you want to put him, give him the first of your time. That's why, you know, what you're doing here this morning is, it, is honoring God on the first day. You're giving him your time. And listen, he will produce more time. You will have more time in your world than people who don't go to church have. In fact, you'll have more lifetime because the statistics say that people that attend church regularly live longer. That's a good deal, right? You honor God with your time and bless, he'll bless your time, amen? Well, it's the same with your finances. If you want God to bless your finances, you've got to put God first in your finances, amen? And so he, in order to do that, you honor the Lord by giving him that, that first 
tenth. And uh, so, secondly, here's the purpose. The promise of uh, tithing is is in that verse. The purpose of tithing is from Deuteronomy 14:23. Here it is. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. Once again, He's reminding us. Listen, how much clearer can you get? than that, right? It's very clear. And when you put God first in your life, it's saying three things to God. A, it's saying, listen, thank you for the past. You're thanking him for the past. You're saying, thank you that you've been there for me, that you've provided for me, that you've, that you've been always good to me. That's when you bring the tithe. You're saying, thank you for the past. Secondly, you're saying, God, you're, you come first in my life. You're number one. You're not some afterthought that I just kind of throw a tip to. No, you come first in my life and I'm going to honor you first. And the third thing that it says to God is it says, I believe that you'll take care of me. I believe that I can, my hope is in you. I trust you with my future. I trust you with my security. You're my source, God, and I'm going to put all my hope in you. That's what you're saying when you bring your tithe. That's a purpose. So let's talk about the place. Where's the place for the tithe? Well, the place of the tithe is at the storehouse. Malachi says this. Uh, talks about this in Malachi 3. And the storehouse is the place of worship. Bring to my storehouse a full tenth of what you earn. And test me in this, says the Lord. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out all the blessings you need. So you bring the first tenth to the place that you worship at, and that's the local church that you're a part of. That's where you bring the tenth. That's the storehouse. And, and, um, and it's, it's a decision. You bring it. You don't give it. You bring it. You just, it's, a, it's part of God's plan here. And, and uh, let me just clarify something. Listen, giving to charities that are nonprofits that, that take care of things and social justice things, those are good, but that's not tithing. Giving to people that, that are involved in ministries and, and are, are doing good things, it's a good thing, but that's not tithing either. The tithe, or the first tenth, is when you bring it to the house of worship and make it an act of worship, that's what God wants from our lives, amen? Because it is an act of worship. And then finally, the plan for the tithe is pretty clear too, okay? Uh, the plan for honoring God is in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. And these are all, again, written out in your notes so you can review this. It says, on the first day of every week, put aside some of what you have earned during the week and use it for the offering. The amount depends on how much the Lord has helped you to earn. So it depends on how much you help, God has helped you to earn. So that's the percentage giving, and that reinforces the tithe there. And I like that it says that you put aside some of what you have earned. Because you know what that says? That says you've, you're planning. It's part of a plan that you have. It's not an emotional giving thing. It's not a guilt giving thing. It's not a, uh, a pressure giving thing. It's very simple. God says, just plan it. Just set aside and make that your plan. And then, you know, and that's, 
That's the way it should be. That's the way the Bible says, amen? And uh, then that's what makes it easy. And I think the easiest way that you can do that is through our, through our app, the Anthem Church app. And if you don't have that downloaded, you, all the messages are on there, all the notes are on there, everything, you, you know, how to contact us, everything is on there. And uh, you can, uh, I think they'll throw that up on the screen and you can get it, try it, set it up on your uh, phone. And uh, 55% of our church right now gives online through the app and so try it works great now listen let me tell you if you get these first two laws down if you get the law of tithing down and the law of ownership down you are well on your way to becoming financial fit but it doesn't stop there because there's some very more there's some more important things that you have to continue to put your hand to and here's the next principle for financial fitness and God's plan is you have to save money faithfully this is the law of investing Save money faithfully. Um, the truth is, if you save money faithfully, something really amazing will begin to happen. Instead of you working for money, money will begin working for you. Amen? The law of compounding interest is fantastic. But it all begins with us saving. We have to save. And, it, and, and that takes planning. And sometimes it's a little painful to implement. Listen, John D. Rockefeller, who uh, you, you might recognize the name, he, in the 20th century, one of the richest men in the world, started, founded Standard Oil. He was kind of the Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, right, uh, person of his time. And he had an amazing plan for his money. He called it the 10-10-80 plan. He said, you need to give 10%, you need to save 10%, and you need to live on the 80%. And here's what he said about it. He said, if you can't afford to save 10%, then you are spending too much. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But look what, look what Proverbs 21 says. It says, the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. Yikes. You know... That might mean that our IQ could be tied to, well, I'm I'm not going to say anything else. Okay. But Americans are really in trouble when it comes to this. I have to tell you. Because in other parts of the world, they, they understand this principle. Do you know that the average Japanese person every year saves, what would you guess? Anybody know? Here it is. 25% of their income they save. The average Japanese. The average European saves 18% of their annual income. The average American saves a minus 1%. So what we, in America, what's happening is the average American is spending 1% more than they are earning. And that's a recipe for disaster, okay? Uh, the wise man, Proverbs 21:20. the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. And listen, savings can take a lot of different forms. Lisa and I, I mean, we save by choosing not to have a car payment, right? I, I drive a 13-year-old. You know, uh, we have one of our cars is 13-year-olds. The other is 11-year-olds. No car payment. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, and the truth is... I don't, care. I don't drive a car to, to, to show off or to, you know, to look good, right? I drive a car to get where I want to go, okay? That's what the car is, amen? And so, uh, uh, well, you might be saying, 
You know what? What I need to do is I need to win the lottery. If I could just win the lottery. Come on, amen. You know, if I could just win the lottery, then bam, I'd, you know, I could save and uh, it would be there all at once. But here's the truth. Most lottery winners end up broke sooner than you think because of a poor savings plan. Look at what Proverbs 13 says. Verse 11, money that comes easily. Come on, what happens? Money that comes easily out loud disappears quickly. But money that is gathered little by little will grow. See, this is about savings, being little by little, line upon line, just every day, uh, and being consistent about it. God's law for financial success. All right, here's the fourth principle. Keep good records. This is the law of accounting. Keep good records. Here's what the Bible says about it. Riches can disappear fast. So watch your business interests closely. Watch things carefully. Know some things about your business. Know the state of your flocks and herds. You need to know where your money is ending up. Amen. Because Solomon said, listen, if you don't keep accurate accounting of your money, it'll disappear real fast. I mean, I've talked to people who say, you know what, Pastor Brad, I, I, I just use my debit card until... Till, till no, it won't be t- they won't take it anymore, right? And I'm going, man, that's not good. Okay, Proverbs 23, 5. Your money can be gone in a flash. Poof. As if it grown wings and flown away like an eagle. Is there any wonder why you could find an eagle on the back of American money? <laughs> it uh, flies away, right? So here's four things you need to keep an account of in this law of accounting, right? You need to know what you earn. Folks, make sure you know what you earn. Know what, you know, how your compensation package is organized. Know what, uh, what, what benefits are available to you. Make sure you know that. Talk to someone in the human resource department. Make sure you're taking advantage of all the things that are, are being, uh, uh, be, uh, that are available to you. You need to know how much you earn. You need to, you might be being compensated for something that you're not taking advantage of. So secondly, you need to know what you own. You need to know what you have free and clear that nobody can take away from you. That's yours, right? And then all the, uh, along with knowing what you own, you need to know what you owe, right? How much you owe, what, uh, you know, what's not paid for. So you can begin to put together a plan uh, when it comes to that. And finally, you need to know where it goes. Okay, that's so important because so many people just get in a, you know, just kind of without thinking, they do things every day. Without thinking, you just stop for your coffee. And, and, and that $4 that you spend every day, it's not, it's just $4, right? But you take that $4 and that, 80, that turns into $80 a month, that turns over nearly 1000 a year, and you put that in to, to savings. Well, if you start at you know, 25, by the time you're 65, you're a millionaire. How many want to retire with a million dollars in your account, right? Have fun for the rest of your life. For, you know, and so it's important start keeping good records. People do it a lot of ways. There's apps out there that can help you. There are there. Just get a ledger, write it down somewhere. Just keep track of it. Uh, you don't have to continue to violate God's law. And we're here to help you as a church. We will help you. We will set you up if you're struggling and you need some help. And I'm going to pray for everyone in this room that has been experiencing financial distress and stress uh, before we end today. Uh, but let us help you today. Okay. Is this helping you? Come on. This good. Uh, it's a good plan. 
keep good records. Okay. Uh, number five, principle number five, you need to plan all your spending carefully. And this is the law of budgeting. Plan all spending carefully. And we're coming into this holiday season and everyone, listen, everyone, here's what they're expecting. They're expecting you to buy, 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 and buy some more. Isn't that the truth? In fact, if you don't buy something on Friday, people are going to wonder if there's something wrong with you, right? Because look at all the money you'd be saving while you're spending money that is not ever going to be in your account again. Okay, come on, are you with me? I don't get it. But, uh, you know, save money by spending it. What? Okay. but that's, that's the way the world is, right? And so, you know, there's a big difference. People get caught up in this emotional and impulsive spending and impulsive buying, and, uh, and, and it leads to trouble. Come on, can I get a big amen there? Proverbs 21.5, plan carefully and you will have plenty. Act quickly and you'll never have enough. So what are some things that you need to budget? What are the keys to budget? Um, to living in this, and and uh, and I think these are these these are. I hope they're in your notes. If they're not, you need to write these three th- things down on the back. Okay. First of all, you need to make a budget. Make a budget. This is important. Look at Proverbs 21, uh, 5. It says, "Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity." So not only to make a budget, but you need to live that budget. Okay? Because that's what, that, that's what will lead you. And if you need help again, we, we, can, we can set you up with help to, to, to put together a good budget. And here's the second important item. And I put this in your notes. Set up a repayment plan. You need to set up a repayment plan for the things that you owe and that you don't owe. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do, don't withhold repayment of your debts. It's important that we pay things off, right? And get ahead of this thing. Get rid of the debts that are in our lives. I want every, this church to be a debt-free church, amen? Debt-free church. You know, when you think about how much uh, we as a church are, are paying in interest every month, just think about it. I mean, uh, the, uh, there, there's statistics out there, but you know, if that interest was available to you and you could bless the, 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 the house of God and, and uh, we could set aside, put a, uh, a plan together to buy some property so we can you know, build a church instead of leasing one, come on. We could do it just on the interest that we'd be saving. Lisa and I, when we come, we, we've got a plan for repaying debt, okay? We've used it many times. It's the snowball effect, okay? Snowball plan. We line all of our debts up at, based on the highest interest rate to the lowest interest rate, right? And once you do this once, you don't have to do it again because you don't have any more debts. You live debt free. But you line them up, highest interest to the lowest interest. And you take everything you can, sell what you can, do whatever you can, and you pay off at everything you can, the highest interest rate, uh, a bill, and then the debt that you have. Then you take the money, when that's paid off, you take the money that you've been paying, and you add that to the next highest percentage of debt, and you start paying off that bill, and you 
And when that one's paid off, then you take the money that you were paying off the first one and the second one, and you add that all together and you put it against the third one. And then the interest is coming down and you're making bigger payments and then bigger and bigger payments. And as you get to the one at the, the last one, you're just putting a ton of money every month and paying off those debts. And man, you will be amazed at how fast you will become debt free. The Bible commands us in, in Romans 13, 8, let no debt remain outstanding. I love this. And the third, that, so, you know, put a repayment plan together. And here's the third most important thing when it comes to um, budgeting, and I think it's so important, is that you make a will. I know there's a lot of young people in here today and you say, well, pastor, what do I need a will for? Well, listen, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. But what we should uh, know is that when we're gone, we should have a plan for where our money's going to go. Amen? Because I guarantee, uh, well, it's, we know, it's written in law, that the United States government, you know, the IRS, they have a plan for where your money, for your money after you go. So make a will. You need to make a will. Doesn't matter how old or how young you are, you should have one in place. And we have people here that can help you take care of that. Financial planners that can help you get that taken care of. This is so important, no matter what situation it is. Because, here it is, Proverbs 13, 22. Listen, this is what God says. Good people live in inheritance to their grandchildren. And this is how you do it, by making sure you have a will. Amen? And then there's one final principle here in God's financial plan that we need to uh, obey. And it's simply this, enjoy what I have. And this is the law of contentment. The law of contentment. You know, we talked about John D. Rockefeller before, right? And earlier, and he was asked, here's this multimillionaire, one of the richest men in the world. They said, sir, just how much is enough? And in, you know what he said, replied? Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. How much is enough? Just a little bit more. And folks, isn't that the truth? You know, we can look at someone with just a little better car and say, man, I wish we had that. Or just a little better house and say, boy, you know, or just a little finer clothes. And God wants us to be content with what we have. That's a very important thing. Content, but not satisfied. There's a big difference there. Content means, Lord, I'm thankful for what I have. I'm blessed and I know you provide it all. But I believe there's a place that we can go. I believe that you have more for me, Lord. And it begins with having that, that thankful heart and then just saying, you know what? God's going to help us to do better. I, Lisa and I are constantly thankful for, for how God's blessed us. You know, we're grateful for what we have. It's not huge. It's not a lot. You know, we drive older cars. But we're thankful, and we believe that God has more for us, amen? We're content, but not satisfied. And we know that he's gonna open even greater doors, right? So that's the way, live in contentment, but always believe God for more, always, amen? I think this, you know, we're, we're in this Thanksgiving week, and there's gonna be, you dry, you, you, some of you are gonna be driving, you're going to be eating, you're going to be cooking, you're going to be enjoying family, you're going to be, you know, all this hustle and bustle that's going to be a part of this week. I think it'd be a really good idea to look at your schedule and say, you know what, 
I'm gonna find an hour in my schedule to just get away from it all and to get quiet and to get with God and just to be thankful. Take some time to write out all the reasons that you have to be grateful for the things that God has brought you through, where he's leading you, what he's done in your life. Come on, are you with me? Enjoy all that God has given to you. Look at what Ecclesiastes 5:19 says. If God gives us wealth and property and, and lets us enjoy them, we should be grateful and enjoy what we have worked for. It is a gift from God. Man, that's a powerful thing. Listen, what most people do with their money, they spend it, they worry about it, they repay it, they save it, they give it, and it happens in that order. They give what God, what is left over. But the order that God blesses based on his financial laws are simply this, you dedicate it by saying, God, it's all yours. It all comes from you. Then you tithe it. You say, God, I honor you. I'm gonna honor you with the first. I'm gonna manage this well. Then you, you save it, right? You pay yourself first uh, before anybody else. You just say, you know what, I'm gonna set aside. So, and then fourth, you repay it, you budget. You set up a repayment plan, you budget well, that's all that. And then fifthly, you enjoy it. You just enjoy what God has given you. And I'll tell you what, when you obey, follow God's, that order, God's gonna bless you. He's gonna open the windows. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be living under the laws of God's financial blessing. And here's what you should do. This, this is the next steps. This is the next step. Take this piece of paper with you, the, your notes. And then put a line in front of all of the laws that have been listed, just a line. And then take a moment to think through where you're at and check the ones that you've been, been good, are good with. And then if there's some that you need to, to change, then make a covenant with God. Take a moment, make a covenant, say, God, I'm gonna commit to following these laws and believing you. And then just get, take action, get it done, right? And it will be painful at first, but it'll not, it won't be long before things begin to change in your world. I promise you, things will begin to change in your world. And you'll start realizing the wonder of God's law and his principles. And it'll begin to move into great blessing for your life. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.